Welcome to this week's episode on FitFlow Radio. I am your host, Coach Andy James. This week's episode, titled Beating Anxiety. Now, this is something that majority of us face. Not everybody likes to admit the fact that we do actually deal with anxiety day to day. And this is something that lays with me quite personal as well. It's something that I struggle with even still now. So I'm going to give some pointers with regards to facing anxiety and reframing it in a way that's actually going to benefit you using it forward and using it as more so a superpower than actually allowing it to restrict you from gaining a better experience out of life. So you know the drill, headphones in, go for that walk. Let's jump into this podcast. Welcome to FitFlow Radio, the podcast built to help you make that 1% daily improvement 10 times more impactful. I am your host, Coach Andy James. The purpose of this podcast is to help bring you the guidance required to maximize on that 1% improvement. Now, without further ado, let's jump into this podcast. Beating anxiety. You know why I've self-titled this one? You know why I've done this. So first of all, if you're a real-time listener and you wait for this week on week, I would say thank you for bearing with me. I actually recorded a podcast this week. It was all prepped, ready to go. And I was just about to release it, and I got it got me thinking. You know, I've been actually suffering with a, a bout of anxiety myself this week. I'm very, very open when it comes down to speaking about mental health and my own experiences. Um, I do believe nobody actually ever fully conquers mental health, but they become more understanding of it. You know, you're more understanding of how you react and respond as an individual, and how you then you can actually manipulate this and use this to help you move forwards. And I've had a pretty big blast of anxiety over the past few weeks. And I put a post out on social media about speech, just speaking openly, as I do occasionally. If you're, following, if you're a follower of my social media, you would probably have seen this. Um, you can find this at, at Coach Andy James, pretty much everywhere. The reason as to why I put the brakes on this week's recorded podcast and decided that I wanted to put out a podcast around beating anxiety is because some of the comments that I got back on the post really, they made me aware that there's so many people in this world that suffer silently with, I've, I refer to them as invisible illnesses and the invisible illnesses that still have the same impact as you can take, they can take a life. FYI, I'm absolutely loaded on pre-workout right now. Um, I thought it might be a great idea to get this podcast knocked out before I jumped into a training session. So loaded up on pre-workout as I do, and fantastic. I'm speaking at a million miles an hour, consciously trying to remind myself to slow down, and ironically speaking about anxiety. So my bout with anxiety over the past few weeks has definitely been driven around some kind of attachment to how I used to feel about certain things turning up in the mail. So one of my triggers is receiving particular kinds of mail. It could be from anybody, but it is, as long as it comes in a certain type of package through the mail, it's usually a brown envelope. This, for some reason, I know why this is, but I don't want to go into this within this podcast. It's a trigger for me because it's related to and directly tied to past bad news. Uh, really sort of put me in a bad situation, as you can probably tell right now. Although I suffer with anxiety, my my mind is trying to get in the way of what I'm trying to tell you. So do bear with me if my communication breaks down a little bit. I will do my best to keep as clear and concise as I can be. 
But being a sufferer of panic and anxiety disorder, um, I will say that at times communicating can be very hard. It's, it's a natural response for me. And, you know, going through my harder times, communication was one of the things that really broke, it got broken down when it came to dealing with my anxiety. And to a point where I had a, I actually had a caseworker um, looking after me at one point with regards to sort of dealing with day-to-day tasks. And I had this person watching and helping me try and sort of move through dealing with certain aspects of these bad, this bad mail that I kept getting that was having, it had to be dealt with. It's just part of the process that I was going through. But I just couldn't face it as an individual. I wasn't strong enough. My, mentally, I wasn't, I wasn't really sort of classing myself as responsible enough to be able to actually handle it. And my communication started to break down. Um, I started to find, and this is, it's ironic because being told at the time um, I was actually making this up. That was the that was the initial response from this particular care worker that I had that would watch and help. Uh, I was making this illness up. Anxiety at this point wasn't actually, it wasn't really a big thing in the sense of mental health being made very aware. Um, it was sort of before before all the big mental health craze really kicked off around sort of 10 years ago in sort of being more mindful about your own health. But certainly it might have been around, but I was not made aware of this. Um, so I do think there was a lot of stigma around somebody that had you know, extreme mental health. It was more of a case of not believing because they'd never seen this before. Now, I was going through a really, really... <laughs> I don't want to emphasize on really, really bad, but it was really bad. Uh, it was a really bad time in life. And the anxiety that I built up developed into agoraphobia, uh, panic and panic disorder, mood and personality disorder. And when I got to a point of being told I wasn't, I wasn't believed that I was suffering the way that I was. It wasn't physically possible for somebody that could communicate, you know, as a normal human person, um, that's communicated for 30 years of their life, you know, verbally, written, for having these ways of communicating started to break down. You know, it was like having the, the motor neurons just not connecting with what it was that I was supposed to be doing with trying to write something out. Physically, my handwriting just deteriorated. I couldn't physically write um, the way I spoke. It might actually explain now as to why sometimes my brain works at 50,000 miles per hour, but yet I can only speak at a certain pace. Clearly, that is. Um, so occasionally you might see my words get away from me and that's because I'm probably like four chapters in front of what it is that I'm actually trying to speak about. And I, I, I often have to remind myself that speaking slowly, speaking clearly is more about being present right now. And my anxiety takes me to a place where now I use it as more of a superpower. It's a, it's a bit of a reminder to say that I need to pay attention, whereas before I never understood what it was that I was dealing with. And we all cope differently with anxiety. Anxiety can be crippling, um, definitely in the sense of energy experienced in my part as well, is I would, I'd be wiped out for a good two to three days after I'd had a, a severe anxiety attack. Um, physically, emotionally drained, just my body just not wanting to function. Um, it was like, it was like having a very, very extreme training session having no energy to do the training session, completing the training session, and then trying to draw energy upon something that wasn't there. That's the experience of where it used to take me. And I could be laid up in bed for two or three days afterwards, just trying to recover from a massive sort of battle with an anxiety attack. 
And I'm very openly spoke about it because I do think that being more aware of how people manage their their own experiences with their own mental health is one definitely going to open the eyes of people that may not have suffered but see other people around them operating in a certain way and they can't actually fully understand the reasons as to why or those that do suffer might actually sort of hear something in something that I share and might help them sort of reframe their approach to dealing with anxiety but we all cope in different ways and my way was going internal. It was a case of not wanting to speak to anybody around, kind of not letting anybody know that I was suffering. I think that's one of the biggest things is we try to hide it because it's like a, it, it is the, you know, it's one of the invisible killers. We, it, it, it ends lives. We all know this now, but more so from social media that, you know, mental health is more spoken about openly, that how it's actually controlling and ending lives of people that we don't even know that are suffering and i think unless we start to speak about things more openly um we all believe that we live in this picture perfect world and everything that we see in front of social media is how things are behind closed doors and it's very much not the case um i have no i have no restrictions around holding myself back with regards to how i feel about mental health how i feel about sharing upon my experiences um, they are my experiences so i have no issues with giving information on my experiences now how you use the information comes down to you you know if you are in any kind of way a sufferer of anxiety um, whether it be a low dose or a very very high i would say that acknowledging the fact that you are a sufferer to begin with is the first step in understanding the recovery process from it you have to be accepting of it it's there and it's going, and I'm afraid to say it's going to be there to stay for the rest of your life. Now, can it be controlled with medication? I I prefer to say that you're better off handling this yourself in a in a very forgiving way than relying on a medication. Um, I was on a lot of medication for mine in the past, and it didn't actually help the issue or the way I was handling any kind of anxiety attack. It just numbed the sensation towards it. I'd still get the same feelings, but the sensation towards it were just numbed. So we've we sort of developed this um, this hidden belief around that we're okay so long as we're on the medication, but we never actually really manage the demon inside of us that is creating the problem in the first place. And it's that acknowledgement that I would like you to sort of lean into a little bit. Certainly do this around having some guidance from friends or family around you, somebody that can support you. Let somebody know that you're going to try and start tackling something that is, you know, restricting you in a way and just be mindful about how you feel and physically operate around this. You know, it's, it's good to have somebody externally watching you. So definitely sort of make, your, make that aware to a friend, friend or a family member. But what I would say is that this, it's more so the story that we create around it that reinforces the belief that we, we don't have control when we actually have an anxiety attack. Now, yes, this is true. But to a degree that only the story that we start to create is the one that we start to believe. So if you're having low, you know, low attacks of anxiety and you know, something's just made you feel a bit uneasy, let's just define the anxiety attack here. This is sort of the fight or flight scenario. You know that sort of flip of the, of the stomach when bad news comes in and it's like, well, you know, I wasn't expecting that. You feel really uneasy. You don't know the direction to take. This is anxiety. This is what I'm talking about. It's the unknown. It's the uncertain. It's the fear of what if. 
It's the fear of how do I respond to this? Anxiety is something that is it's a, it's a, it's a natural way of actually keeping us in a comfort zone, in a safe place. It's your body's way of saying, I don't want to face this. I'm going to create this massive imbalance that you're going to feel. And now this balance is going to make you feel restricted. And this will hold you in a place of what I feel is secure and safe. Usually, it comes down to ignorance and we don't actually acknowledge it. But the second you start to acknowledge the fact that you suffer with anxiety, you can actually start to manipulate it. The story that we actually create around the anxiety that we feel is the one that we start to believe. So if you tell yourself that I can't control this, I am not in control, I will allow the anxiety to control me, that is the story you'll start to believe. And you reinforce that often enough, you then you are then bound by your own restriction that anxiety now controls you. And it is very, very difficult to get your head around that something that feels so severe, something that feels so out of your control can actually be manipulated. But it takes a lot of practice and it takes a lot of trusting yourself. But along the way, I would say that if you if you have anxiety around something, a lot of people can have this about going into, say, let's use going into a new gym as a scenario. You know, walking through those doors that day, you're, you're not aware of the new people in there. You're not really familiar with all the equipment around you. You're a bit nervous about how you're going to feel when you're in there and people watching you. That's anxiety. You're creating a story. Did you see that? You're creating a story already about the what if, the unknown. But what if you walked into that gym just saying, I'm going to train in this new facility. I'm going to help this new facility make the best of me. Everybody in here is in here for the same reason. Do you now feel any anxiety towards the same experience of walking through those new gym doors? If you do, it's chances are it's a lot less than what it was when you created the story around, I'm being watched. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I am or anybody here. So using the trigger of anxiety and recognizing that you can actually use the anxiety attack and reframe how you actually tell yourself the new story. If you're capable of recognizing where the trigger comes from, that is the second part in understanding anxiety is breaking the trigger down. First, acknowledging the fact that you do suffer, then break the trigger down. If you can break that trigger down and say to yourself, well, you know what? Yes, for my, for me, it's a like I say, it's, it's a it's a brown envelope that comes through the mail. If that brown envelope comes through the mail and it triggers me, I now my instant response now is to open that mail instantly and deal with it straight away. If I was to put that piece of mail, which most people do to one side for a day or two, because you know it's mail in the day. Who responds to mail these days? If it's not an email, it doesn't count, right? <laughs> So that piece of mail turns up and all of a sudden I'm like, right, okay, that's been sat there for two days. I've not opened it. There's got to be something bad in there. Why, am I, why, why do I feel this way? Yeah, that's going to be bad news. The story that I'm creating around this is actually the one that's restricting me from managing and handling the situation. Because I feel safe where I am at the minute, not acknowledging the letter, it doesn't change anything. But when we go into an unknown situation, we know that there's something there that we're we're not expecting this change. There's a change that we can't control. So how you reframe that situation is, is massively important in what you're about to do with this anxiety that you're feeling. If that anxiety is holding you back, look for the trigger. Break the trigger down. The trigger is about to tell you how you're going to pivot. And that is the essential part of dealing with and beating anxiety. It's how you're about to trigger and then how you're about to pivot. 
if you can see the trigger coming, and now most people that are very in tune with how they respond around anxiety already know what their triggers are. Trust me, if you're an anxiety sufferer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know what your triggers are. I'm only referring to one, so I don't get too complicated with it. I have several around different situations, but using sort of male as a, as a given, it's, it's an easy one to explain. So my fear around, this is the process, and I want to explain this to you. So my fear is, you see the mailman walking around from house to house. All of a sudden, you're thinking, right, there's going to be some bad mail that's coming today. I can just feel it in my gut. You've just created that feeling because you want to believe that there's something bad coming. So now you're waiting for the mailman to walk around and post that letter through the letterbox. You're anxious. You're waiting around. Anxiety is fully kicked in at this point. You're telling yourself that this is going to be a bad letter. The mail comes through the letterbox. You look. It hits the floor. There's a brown envelope. All of a sudden, yep, you've just confirmed. You've reassured yourself. You've reaffirmed that that brown mail is bad news. There could be a check inside that mail for 10 grand. But that doesn't make a difference because... You've seen that brown envelope. You've attached that to bad news that you've had in the past. And now you've built up this story that there's some bad news on the floor. There's some bad news. Oh no, I'm going to have to put that to one side. I can't handle it. I can't handle it. You respond to the anxiety and go internal. You then don't face the fact that there's something there that's triggered you. You put that mail to one side. You leave it there for a few days. You've now have a, you've, you've just experienced a full-blown attack of anxiety. And you've still got to come back to the mail to open it to find out what is in there. There has been times where I've opened a brown envelope and there's been something unsuspecting in there in the sense of not what I was expecting it to be. So I'm using, I used a, I used a check as an example because I did receive a check in there for an amount of money at one point. And I was like, okay, so brown envelope does not always equate to bad news. But I built up this story around it that if I believed it hard enough, it kept me restricted. Now I've been taken out of the game for two or three days. I'm recovering from the anxiety to the point where all I want to do is sleep. And for what reason? I've just made a story up around bad news coming from a brown letter. This is the trigger. So now reframing the process. You see the mailman walking. He's posting mail through each letterbox. He gets around to yours. That trigger of anxiety is there. Yeah, but instantly you acknowledge it i'm now suffering with anxiety why what do i do with it okay the first thing i'm going to do the second that mail comes through the letterbox if there's a brown envelope i'm going to open it straight away that brown envelope is now me saying i'm now in control you're not controlling me this is not me responding to anxiety but using it as a pivot so look at the anxiety trigger as a pivot how do you get to pivot in that moment what is there around you that can you can use that piece of energy for because that's what it com comes down to. Anxiety is excitement with an emotional response attached to it. So if you think about it for a second, the fear that you get when you're about to do something exciting, you know, say, let's take something extreme, skydiving, bungee jumping, you get an anxiety hit, but it's around excitement because you're about to do something that you want to do. You wouldn't jump out of a plane if you didn't want to, hopefully. But what I would say is that you've chosen to go in do a skydive, you get to the edge of the plane, that fear kicks in, that anxiety kicks in, but it's because it's excitement. But then when you use the same feeling and emotional connection, and you add that emotional connection to that feeling, now you've just created an, an, an anxiety attack, and you've got an anxiety response around it. So what actually starts to happen when you reframe anxiety using it as an 
knowing and understanding that there's an emotional response to it. See the anxiety as the pivot. How do I get to pivot in this moment? How am I going to be emotionally responding to what's actually happening in front of me? If for whatever reason you've had an, an, an anxiety attack and now all of a sudden you're sat there thinking, right, I've got this emotion stirring inside of me that I, I would consider this as fear. What am I actually afraid of? What am I actually afraid of right now and how can I pivot on this? Because what you're actually trying to do is control and uncontrollable. You do not know what's about to happen. And it's that fear around anxiety that we don't know the outcome because we want to understand the controlling elements of it. So how can I pivot on this? How can I use this, this energy that's created around anxiety but just has an emotional attachment to it, framing it as anxiety? Remove the word anxiety from the emotional response that you're having. And tell yourself, this is not anxiety. This is energy. Energy equals outcome. Energy equals action. How can I use this energy that I'm feeling to pivot? If you can reframe having anxiety as the excitement side of things, rather than having an emotional attachment to it, you then start to pivot on the energy created around an anxiety attack. Now, do you feel this every single time you have an anxiety attack? Honestly, I've still not mastered that process. I wouldn't say anybody does because I, I do believe that triggers can change over a period of time, but you have to be self-aware of when they are. You can actually use this and manipulate this going forwards, but how you reframe it is the energy created around the anxiety is just excitement with no emotional attachment. It's the emotional attachment that we then frame it as anxiety. So because you feel a specific way about something, that's the emotional attachment. That emotional attachment is then feeding back to you. I'm suffering with anxiety. If the same response happened and it was something that I was looking forward to, I wouldn't have the emotional re reaction to it to say that this is creating fear. This is creating the unknown because I've chosen to create this outcome. You chose to go and do the skydive. You chose to go and do a bungee jump. You've chosen to do something that is really more so about the control element. It's the taking the control element away. So if you can reframe using anxiety as energy without an emotional attachment, you will be able to reframe the way you use anxiety moving forwards. Your anxiety trigger starts to become a reframe, an instant reframe of how do I get to reuse this energy? Do I waste this energy on something that's not going to be beneficial towards me? Or do I reframe this and put this energy towards something that's going to give me something back in return? The option is yours. You get to choose that. But how you respond is, if I let the anxiety take over and I allow myself to respond in a way that in the past anxiety has controlled me, that is just your inner emotion that's controlling the outcome. You're trying to keep yourself safe. If you really want to dominate around controlling your anxiety, it stems right the way back to how you respond in the first place and what the emotional attachment is. If you can remove that emotional attachment to energy, you now don't have anxiety. You have a chance to pivot. If you can pivot on that energy that you're creating, anxiety just becomes the responsive trigger that we use to say, 
I now have an opportunity in front of me to make something different of what I'm experiencing. So I'd encourage you to reframe how you see anxiety. Anxiety I would now see as more of a superpower. It allows me to see certain situations and circumstances as opportunity to grow, to explore, to really understand more about who it is that I'm trying to become. And I wouldn't say mastering the processes of, but really more so understanding me as an individual. And we're all unique for a reason. So I wouldn't say that any person's individual experience is greater or less than another's. It's more of a case of how you're actually handling and managing this moving forwards. Use energy around anxiety, reframe it. Anxiety is excitement with no emotional attachment. So use that attachment, pivot on that. Be mindful about how you're going to be using this experience of this kick of anxiety that you've had and reframe it. How can you use the reframe on it? I encourage you to give that a go because the things that you're about to achieve using anxiety, there's a reason why I would say that you're classed as special because you've now got an experience in life that a lot of other people can't. You've now got a response in life that most people don't actually get to experience. So that being said, go into your new week Thinking about anxiety and how you're going to actually use any kind of trigger that comes up in the future and reframe it as anxiety is excitement with no emotional attachment. Remove the emotional attachment and see what anxiety really does for you. I'd be really interested to see how you respond to removing the attachment around anxiety from the emotional response and just using the energy to achieve a new greatness within yourself. Let me know if you get on with this well. Contact me pretty much anywhere at Coach Andy James. You can always jump onto the website, www.coachandyjames.com, and you'll be able to drop me a message directly through there as well using the contact platform. But until then, hopefully you reframe your anxiety. I encourage you to. And if you do, let me know the benefits. I'd be really intrigued to know. Until next week's podcast, have an awesome week. Take care. And that's a wrap on this podcast. Thank you for being present. As always, I've left my contact details in the show notes, so please feel free to reach out and connect. That's all I have for you today. I'll catch you in the next one.